0: I'm going to be speaking on moving from sword to scepter and this is the ascended life that leaders must live. It's so important in these days that we raise up leaders and raise up leaders not to create followers but leaders that will lead and raise up leaders. Leadership is the key. There isn't a problem on the earth right now that could not be solved by authentic leadership and competent leadership. We see the tumult among the nations because the leaders of the nations have chosen to reject God, rebel against his will, cast out and discard his word, and of course that means also his son, the Lord Jesus. And the answer is for them to turn to the Lord. So we're going to be looking at moving from sword to scepter for uh, believers to understand that we've transitioned from an old wineskin to a new wineskin and if we don't do that then we're not going to get the results that we require. So I'm going to start by looking at uh, mature sons and daughters. God is looking for mature sons and daughters. 1 John chapter 2 And verse 12 to 14, let's read it. It says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong And the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Now there are three groups here, three stages of growth and maturity mentioned here. Children, young men and fathers. Now children are young Christians. They're babes in Christ who are all excited because their sins are forgiven. Remember what that was like as a young Christian to know that your sins were forgiven. And you got all excited because you you felt clean. You felt that you you were forgiven of all. The shame had gone, the guilt had gone. Now babes are rejoicing in salvation, babes in Christ, and being part of God's family. That's just natural, isn't it? We've all been through that phase. And knowing that you're loved by God is a big deal. So knowing these children in Christ that John is writing to, knowing they're loved by God's a big deal to them as they feel the difference between living in sin and darkness to now being cleansed, forgiven, and living in the kingdom of light. And then it says that the young men, the adolescents, these are believers who have learned that they have authority over the devil and his demons. And sandwiched in the text between children and adolescents are the fathers. And that raises a question, why does the Bible not list children, young men and fathers in a chronological way? And there's a simple and powerful reason for this, which you need to get, folks. And I believe that this is... One of the main reasons here why they're not listed as we would maybe list in a, a chronological timeline, you know, between being a child, a, a young adult, and then uh, a mature father. And it is that spiritual growth is not subject to time, it is subject to hunger and revelation. See, when you're born again, you receive a perfect redemption and you're perfect in Christ. Spiritual growth happens as this perfection is revealed to you. It's not that you become something. You need to understand that. It's that who you already are is revealed to you. So it's a matter of manifestation, revelation and manifestation. You see the end from the beginning. You see who you have been made in Christ. And the more you see this with the eyes of your inner man, that who you are in Christ and who he is in you, the more you grow spiritually. Now, grow, I've put inverted commas, um, because you're not really growing, you're not becoming more perfect, but you grow here on earth, spiritually speaking, in a sense, because you have more revelation. So it's not that you become more perfect. You're already perfect in Christ. But the revelation of that is revealed to you. Now, of course, Here on the earth, we're living in a body, we're living in an imperfect environment and we do mess up from time to time and we don't always hit the mark. Um, But the inner man, the spirit man, the hidden man of the heart, the real you, is created perfect. It isn't that you become more perfect here on earth. It's that more of the perfect Christ in you is revealed to you. So that perfect you, the inner man, the hidden man of the heart, is revealed to you and you walk in more of that. You walk in more of that. You walk in the revelation of that. So the growth that we measure, when we look at someone, we say, oh, they've really grown spiritually, uh, it's all in this earth they're in because you're already perfect in Christ over in the spirit realm, over in the, the glory realm. You grow, in inverted commas, as this is revealed to you. So spiritual maturity is not subject to time in the same way as natural maturity. You can manifest maturity spiritually in a relatively short period of time here and by being hungry for revelation. I remember when I was a young Christian reading The Spiritual Man by Watchman Nee, a very deep book on spiritual matters. And and I was quite pleased that I understood a lot of it. You know, that it kind of showed me that I was, uh, you know, maturing spiritually because it's quite a deep book and I understood it and it built into me, it it edified me. But then years later, I I discovered that Watchman Nee had written that book as a very very young Christian. He was only two or three years saved, I think. You know, a very short space of time after he's saved, he's writing one of the most deeply spiritual books that you can find. So, spiritual maturity is not subject to time. Now, in this passage in 1 John we're looking at, Fathers clearly represent leaders. Maturity is essential for leadership. And again, you know, it's not about, well, you have to be 10 years a Christian before you can, you know, lead anything. But it does say in the Bible that novices should not be appointed to leadership roles as they can get puffed up with pride and fall into condemnation of the devil. And that's in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. But of course, you can be mature by... Uh, being hungry by receiving revelation you you can become quite a mature Christian quite quickly in terms of time so in the passage in 1 John 2 here we see children walking in the knowledge of the forgiveness of sins and young men or youths growing in their consciousness of authority and power over the wicked one but fathers it says know him who is from the beginning fathers are matured fathers are mature saints maturity is not sonship Maturity is fatherhood. True fathers raise fathers, not sons. You know, you can't raise your son to always be a son uh, as a child. You have to raise your son to be a father so that when he has children, he's mature. We must mature beyond knowing our sins are forgiven and our ability to wage spiritual warfare and overcome the wicked one. We must mature into fatherhood. Some people want to stay in the warrior life, fighting demons and binding strong men, but there's more to life than conflict. There's more to life than, than always fighting, even in the, the spiritual realm. There is modelling peace in the home, which, if implemented properly, can radiate into the community. Who you are as a parent can impact your community, impact your city, impact your nation. Leadership is not about constant warfare and being adept at warfare. It is about building communities in peace. God's kingdom is one of peace, not strife. A father will bring peace to the home and to those around him. Peace is the objective. It's the atmosphere of heaven. Fathers know him who is from the beginning, it says. This means that fathers see the big picture and know the purpose of God in time. Sons that are engaged in fighting the wicked one see only the battle, not the purpose of the battle. That purpose, of course, as I just said, is peace. You know, if you just get all fixated on fighting the devil, you don't see the big picture. The Bible says there remains a rest for the people of God. That place of rest is full maturity, i.e. fatherhood. Now, when, when I say fatherhood here, I'm not being gender-specific in that, you know, uh, ladies aren't involved in this. I'm just simply talking about maturity, parental maturity. Okay, when you become a parent, you really ought to be mature at that point or get mature real fast because you're now responsible for children. In times of war, the nation looks for young men of strength to go out and fight the battles. But what happens is the fathers stay at home. And it's not that they don't have the vigour or the, the will to fight or the ability to fight, but a father's job is to be in the home. He is the source of wisdom, strength, and comfort. He is the man of peace. So that's why when wars happen, that very often they cap the age of those that are, um, first of all, in a sense, able to fight. But also because they understand that if if the matured men all go off to battle, then there's no one left at home. And, you know, wise governments understand that fathers need to sometimes stay behind. And it's the young men mostly that go off to war. There are different reasons for that and wise reasons. You know, we've got enough father, sorry, we've got enough warrior energy. We have enough of that. But we do need more father energy. That's why Paul said, You have not many fathers, because father energy is rare. You know when you see it. Um, You can be a father in the natural, in that you have uh, sired children, but you're not a father in the sense of you're not mature. There are thousands of instructors and military captains teaching us how to wage war and be strong Christians. You know, Much of that is activity. It's more praying and studying and fasting and doing things. But time spent sitting with a father is much more precious than time spent listening to instructors. You see, we need to move from the sword to the scepter. We need to move from being um, warriors to being fathers, to being leaders to being kings, to being those who uh, have that energy about them because it's not all about just fighting, okay? It's not all even just about activity, it's about rest. Uh, A father's maturity can be transferred to you, this is so important, if you will honour that father and purpose to absorb his energy. It's not about receiving information, it's about receiving impartation. A lot of people want to know more. And, you know, I lecture at Bible college and, you know, I'm determined always to remind my students it's not about amassing information or data or knowledge or head knowledge in particular, but it's about having something imparted to you. That's something, of course, being the Holy Ghost. That's something, of course, being the fire of God, the glory of God the wisdom of God, revelation knowledge and not just head knowledge. True fathers raise fathers, not just obedient sons. So important. You can train a man to be obedient like the elder brother in the parable of the prodigal. He was obedient. But all you end up with is a resentful son. A good father is not looking to raise slave sons, but mature, capable fathers. You see, when you hand somebody a scepter to rule and reign, you, you're, you must have maturity. You must have somebody who knows what he's doing. You can't just have obedience, because sometimes it takes wisdom to wield the scepter, just as much as it takes obedience. Yes, of course, obedience is involved. Jesus isn't reigning at the right hand of God the Father doing his own thing. you know he and the father work in perfect harmony and unity and oneness and that's what we've to do in our role as an heir and as, as a joint heir. So wisdom is involved and obedience is involved. So it's not just obedience though as in blind obedience. Yes, I'll do what you say. There has to be that maturity and wisdom. To understand the why of what you're doing. A lot of times we just have this idea that God doesn't want us to know what he's up to. That we just, you know, we have blind obedience. We don't, it's not ours to know why. Not ours to reason why. Well, that's just rubbish. You know, being like him is having his wisdom. Having the mind of Christ is thinking as he does, like he does, and knowing the why of what he does. All right? So, men must leave their father's And mothers to become a father themselves and cleave to a woman. This isn't the natural, of course, but it means a man must be the source in his home, not the dependent. And I'm not just talking about financial stuff here. I'm talking about the man must be the strong one. He must be a father, the one that all can come to. All men must be fathers, even those that are single. You're still called to be a mature father. If you have a a calling in your life to be single, you're still called to be a mature father. Because your children need not necessarily be, of course, physical children, but you still have to walk in that role of being a father, or as what the Bible would call an elder, somebody who's mature and that others can go to for leadership. A mature father, listen to this, this is, this is vital. A mature father only has to sit in his house. Wow. So true. Thieves and destroyers, burglars and people who have evil intent, they're not going to get into a house or try to enter a home where a seasoned warrior dwells. If you say to somebody, the guy in that house there, he's a black belt in martial arts or he's an ex-marine or he's ex-SES, nobody's going to break into that house. Seasoned warriors are those who have moved beyond the phase where they have to prove their prowess in battle. So vital. You don't have to prove you can fight. You simply have to be known. Amen? Uh, so they've moved beyond the faith. Seasoned warriors. Capable fighting men. They, only, uh, they don't have to prove their prowess in battle. They only have to sit in the house because thieves will not try and get in. They can live in peace, these uh, mature men, these mature fathers. They can live in peace because enemies will step wearily around them. you get a reputation for being somebody who's a hard man. or And, and we're not talking here just the natural folks. We're talking spiritually. You know, when, the, when the, the evil one knows who you are, knows he can't mess with you, then demons will step wearily around you. So enemies will not pick a fight with you unless they're crazy. And we're talking maturity here. So a father only has to sit in his house. And people know if you can you go through that door, that father's gonna take your head off. So maturity takes time in the natural, but in the spirit, there's no time. Think about that. In the spirit realm, the eternal realm, the glory realm, time is no more. Spiritual maturity comes through revelation, and revelation comes as it comes from the glory into your inner man, flooding your spirit, of course, and then of course your understanding. Your mind is involved in this. That's what's out. That's why we renew the mind with revelation knowledge, not with head knowledge. So maturity is developed in us in this temporal realm, the realm that's subject to change by revelation. And what that revelation is, it's revealed to us who we are. It's revealed to us who we are, it's revealed to us what we have. So, yes, there's a growing into. Yes, time is part of the process. I'm talking about in the natural. However, you can mature very quickly from a time perspective by pur- purposefully and actively spending time with God and seeking revelation, seeking the mind of God. And by spending time, of course, with mature fathers. When you spend time with mature fathers, then you absorb what they have, what they carry as imparted to you. So leadership must be fathering. Now, listen, I need to lay the groundwork of this because when we talk about moving from sword to scepter, you have to see that we're talking about maturing. We're talking about maturity. We're not talking about just being a babe in Christ here and just jumping up and down thinking that your sins are forgiven. You have to go beyond that. Now, you you enjoy that phase. But, you know, you can mature real fast. You can mature a lot faster in uh in the spiritual in that respect than in the natural. In the sense of you you become a mature Christian very quickly because you're accessing the eternal realm to get revelation and to get impartation. And, and you're not just, you know, getting through the motions uh, and doing, you know, Christianity ABC. You know, don't do that. I matured quickly as a young Christian because I was hungry and I hung about with folks that, that knew a thing or two. And I was, I was hungry. And I had revelation. And I had supernatural experiences. So get into it. Plunge in. Leadership must be fathering. Armies need captains and majors leading the soldiers out in the battlefield. Of course they do. But they also need, this is vital, generals and field marshals back at headquarters. And the generals and field marshals, their role is to be father's. Fathers don't go off to war. Men must be led by fathers. That's why Jesus came to reveal the Father to us. Fatherhood must permeate everything. The Father must be all in all. Now, the Bible teaches that. Jesus taught. The enemy's attack on manhood is because of this. We see the enemy's attack on sexuality and gender and manhood in particular. Because Satan hates this truth, that the image of the Father is to be in all of us, and the substance. Satan hates man because man is made in the image of the Father. Now, children of God must come through sonship to fatherhood. Many choose to stay in sonship. This is a tragedy. Sonship is the place of being zealous for the things we have learned being zealous that you can fight the devil. But sonship is a phase. While we're always children and that we came from a father and mother, and that's true and the natural. Even when we're adults, they're still our mum and dad, aren't they? And we're still their children. We must leave childish things behind. You know, it's not about being a, a child of somebody. You know, because as I said, when your parents are old and, and you're mature, they're still your parents. You're still their child. But we must leave childish things behind. It's not about being, you know, when, when Jesus says you need to come as a child, He didn't mean you need to come childish, or stay childish. You understand that? You have to, and we always have that part of us in a relationship with God where we understand we're His children, or we're you, know, I'm His child, you're His child, we're His children, He's our Father. But, you know, there's a difference between how you treat your adult children to how you treat them when they were uh, just mere kids. Now, if we don't leave childish things behind, we'll get stuck in a place where our zeal for truth mutates into trying to impress others with how good sons we are. We become like the elder brother, seeing ourselves as competing with other sons to be the father's go-to son. Now, that was a problem with the elder brother and the the parable of the prodigal. And some people say it should be the parable of the elder son because the elder son was jealous of the place that the younger son had uh, and the grace and mercy shown him because he's all about duty. He's all about, and he was all about, listen to this, he was all about showing himself to be a better son. And it's not about that. All right? Fathers transcend. They transcend it, and that's their role. Fathers just have to sometimes endure a whole bunch of stuff, and rather than fussing with it and fretting with it and fighting about it, sometimes you just transcend. That's that's what a father does. A father sees all and loves all. You know, a father might get a wee bit angry with his, uh, when his kids, but that soon goes, and the father just says, "Well, I, I love them, you know, oh. and they need to learn that if they choose not to listen to my wisdom, they'll they'll learn the hard way." A father knows all that is going on in this house. And that's something that's very true. When you're a father, you know. You know what's going on. Um, And you don't always let on that you know. See, fathers are the heart of the home. Now, I'm not saying anything against mothers here. Um, I'm, I'm talking about fatherhood. I'm talking about maturity. And, of course, when we talk about things, spiritual maturity, we're not really being specific about gender as such. Okay, there's a role for men, there's a role for women, but there's also that shared place of maturity and and leadership that you know, when we talk about, for example, the inner man, the hidden man, we're not talking of the heart of me. We're not talking about gender there. We're talking about the inner you. And sometimes when I'm talking here about fatherhood, I'm talking about male things or masculine things sometimes I'm not being that gender specific I'm just talking about maturity you understand I'm weaving in and out of both so fathers are the heart of the home but of course mothers are too but I'm, I'm emphasising fatherhood here uh, because, we're, because we're looking at First John chapter 2 that's why everything goes toward and through the father the home must revolve around the father this is the tragedy of fatherless families because a father needs to be at the centre of his home To be an authentic leader, be a father. Be mature and raise up sons to be fathers. Young men like to fight and prove their prowess in battle, but there comes a time when a warrior serves best in the command centre rather than on the field. You see, battle-hardened and competent soldiers get promoted. They trade in their swords for scepters. Uh, As an officer goes through the ranks, it becomes less about his prowess with weapons and more about his command of the battlefield and his command of men under him. Leadership becomes his greatest weapon. Not just can he shoot well? Is he a good sniper? Is he is he good at you know fighting skills? No, no. It then becomes about leadership. You see, field marshals take dominion by edicts rather than direct use of weapons. A field marshal will study a battlefield and come up with a winning strategy. This is why they're given field marshal battens as symbols of their authority. A baton is just another word for scepter in a sense. Now, field marshals wield their battens as weapons of war. They get given these things as symbolic but very real tokens of their authority because they're far more proficient with a baton than they are with a rifle. They can kill far more of the enemy, and, and and that's the the brutal side of it. But they can conquer and win victory because of what they've learned, what they've absorbed, what they've experienced, what has been revealed to them. They're, all of that together makes them far more effective soldiers, warriors, in the command centre, way miles off the battlefield, than it does out leading, you know, a battalion of men. Uh, on the battlefield. So, you are promoted from using a rifle to a baton because of who you are, what you, what you know, what has been revealed to you. And your identity then becomes a field marshal. And it's the same thing in the spiritual realm. As a mature saint, you must transition from spiritual warfare in the trenches fighting demons to taking dominion over cities, regions and nations you must move from the sword to the scepter. Let's just recap all that. First, John chapter 2, the verses that we looked at, identifies three stages of spiritual maturity. We've seen that spiritual growth is not subject to time like natural growth. You can mature spiritually in a short space of time if you're hungry enough to know God by revelation knowledge. That's all you need. Do not seek to know the Lord by head knowledge, but by revelation knowledge. You're already perfect. You are already perfect, brothers and sisters in Christ. Spiritual growth, quotation marks, is when this reality manifests in you in this dimension. People see that you've grown, but you've you've just simply released the perfect Christ within you, the mature Son that's within you. You've already released, yeah, you've released that. He's already within you. You're already there in the spirit realm. Uh, that's why the Bible says when we see him, we'll be like him, because we are like him. But it needs to come out through, uh, if you like, past the carnal you. And uh, you need to put down the carnal you, renew your mind stuff. So anyway, you're already perfect. Spiritual growth then comes by revelation. In the First John chapter 2 passage, fathers represent leaders. Novices in the faith should not be appointed to lead until they show maturity and consistency. You know, I did it I was offered a leadership role in the church and I knew the man that offered me the pastor that offered me he was doing it out of the wrong motive and I wasn't ready and I turned it down so don't just accept a leadership role and always oh well, that's the Lord it's not always the Lord because novices can be uh, end up in the the hands of the devil they can end up being messed up beaten up and so don't accept leadership. Until you're ready. Satan hates man because man is made in the image of the Father. Children of God must come through sonship to fatherhood. To be an authentic leader, be a father, be mature. And maturity means transitioning from sword to scepter. Well, that's our lesson for today on these vital matters of moving from sword to scepter. And we're going to continue in our next podcast, or next lesson, where we'll see the maturity and identity is destiny. Moving from sword to scepter, the ascended life that leaders must live. I'll see you again in the next podcast. God bless you.